Welcome to the Community of Faith podcast, where you will hear the exposition of God's Word taught by Rev. Patrick Parham, pastor of Faith Community Fellowship in Bristol, Tennessee. If you are in the Bristol area and would like to visit, please join us for Sunday morning worship beginning at 10 a.m. If you're not able to join us in person, join us online. Visit our website, faith-cf.org. That's faith-cf.org. Or you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash faithcommunityfellowshipbristol. That's all one word, Faith Community Fellowship Bristol. Here at Faith Community Fellowship, our goal is to ensure that what we do is edifying to our Heavenly Father, and we hope that this podcast is a blessing to you. Let's join Pastor Pat as he brings us God's Word. Going on back to Luke chapter 1 this morning, we'll pick up our reading beginning at verse 39 down through verse 56 of Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1 beginning at verse 39, reading down through verse 56. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah, entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. Behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is his name. And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm and scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from the thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things. The rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her house. Let's pray. Lord, as we continue this worship service, reading once again very familiar but glorious verses. I ask that our minds would be focused upon You and that the familiarity of the story would not detract from its glory. That just because we've heard these verses read all of our lives would not detract from the truth and wonder and beauty of it all. You are so gracious to us and we love You in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, as we saw last time in earlier verses in this chapter, Mary had already submitted to the will of God. The will of God for her life. And she believed what Gabriel said concerning her relative Elizabeth. So she does what would be to her the natural thing. 
She would want somebody she could talk to. She opened up her heart to, to praise God with. Not just anybody would feel that situation in her life. So she went to someone very natural. She went to her own kinswoman, Elizabeth, who also had been visited by God in a special way. She also had been used as an example of the power of God by Gabriel when he was talking to Mary. She would not question Mary's innocence. And that would have been quite a trip for Mary. She, she lived up in Nazareth, which is kind of up in uh, the northern part up there in Galilee, whereas Elizabeth lived down in Judea, and that was down in kind of the southern part down there. And so, But she went in haste, it says, to see Elizabeth. You see, Elizabeth was going to give birth to who we know became John the Baptist, that fiery forerunner of our Lord. Mary was going to give birth to the Lord Himself. So it's a beautiful story here of two godly ladies rejoicing in what God is doing and what He's doing through them in their lives. And so when she gets to Elizabeth's house, Elizabeth responds and talks about the baby in verse 41, leaping in her womb and Elizabeth being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now remember, Elizabeth was already six months pregnant. And for a baby to jump around or push around a little bit in the womb really isn't all that unusual. But in this time, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. It was different. Gabriel had promised Zechariah that John would be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his womb and it's taking place here and it spilled over and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit as well. And she began to speak of the blessings Mary was, was and had already enjoyed. I, I don't read here that Mary had already told her about anything, so she must be speaking in the spirit of prophecy. Things that the Holy Spirit was revealing to her. And she spoke with a loud voice. Verse 42, and she was praising God. She was kind of what we might think of as static with joy. Can you just kind of imagine what thoughts were going through the minds of these ladies? Both were chosen by God for very special tasks. Elizabeth blesses Mary as well as the baby she's going to give birth to. She is acknowledging that Mary is favored by God just like Gabriel had said. And the child is ultimately the source of that blessing. In other words, Mary is blessed through the coming of the Messiah, through her association with Him. And Elizabeth repeats that. Bless what Gabriel had said. Blessed are you among women. And then she adds, Blessed is the fruit of your womb. There at the latter part of verse 42. She knows exactly who Mary is going to be giving birth to. Why is this granted to me? That the mother of my Lord should come to me. The mother of my Lord. She knew who this child was going to be. And she also knew that Mary believed. And she speaks of that. Blessed is she who believed. Now back in the earlier verses, Mary had asked for more details, yes. But she didn't ask for unbelief. She just asked for details concerning how this was going to come about. You see, Mary was chosen for this wonderful birth and she believed God. God called, she responded, and the Lord was born. There was going to be a fulfillment, as Elizabeth says here, of those things which were told her from the Lord. 
And as I alluded to in the little kid bitch time there, in the Christmas season, many people, it seems, like to speak of Jesus in the manger. Maybe not so much as they did when I was growing up, but it's still out there. They like to speak a little bit about that. But in order for the Lord's birth to be a personal benefit to people, then we not only need to believe He was a baby in a manger, but that that baby was God. That He grew up and He lived a perfect life and He died for our sins and is the Lord of all. And then those beliefs have to be appropriated to each individual by themselves believing. Mary believed God. And there was going to be a fulfillment of those things which are told her from the Lord. Mary believed in the promises of God. And because she believed, she was blessed. And that's true of us. As we believe God's Word, as we submit to His teaching, we are more and more blessed as people of God. So Mary responds with what we refer to as Mary's magnificence. That is, she is praising and magnifying the Lord. And it starts out in verse 46, My soul, her innermost being, was magnifying God. She was glorying in the Lord, personally exalting Him, ascribing greatness to God and praising Him because of that greatness. She says, My spirit is rejoicing in God my Savior. Her contentment was in God. She knew that she was a sinner and she needed a Savior just like everybody else. And she is rejoicing that she has been chosen to give birth to that Savior. The personal pronoun. Notice that in these statements. Mary had been and would continue to be blessed, so she personally praised the Lord and rejoiced in God. That's when Christianity becomes real. That's when Christianity becomes enjoyable. When we personalize blessings and respond in personal praise. And so she continues in that vein of thought in verse 48. He has regarded the lowly state of His maidservant. The lowly state. Mary was lived in humble circumstances. She was from a poor town, a poor family. When Mary and Joseph brought the Lord later to be circumcised, they brought not a lamb and a turtle dove, but two turtle doves or two doves because they couldn't afford a lamb. But God regarded Mary and blessed her regardless of her circumstances and Mary knew that this blessing was going to be perpetual. She says, henceforth, all generations will call me blessed. All generations will talk about how God used her just like we are doing now today. She was chosen of God as Gabriel said earlier. Blessed are you among women for you have found favor with God. And she goes on, "You, He who is mighty has done great things for me. For me. You see, God is mighty. We know that. He's omnipotent. He has all power. But He's also personal. What Mary is saying, what Mary is acknowledging is that God's mighty power has been a benefit to her personally. We can say that, can't we? He who is mighty has done great things for us. Holy is His name. Pure and undefiled. No sin whatsoever. Sanctified. Set apart for God's uses and purposes. Holy is His name. He was coming into the world, yes, by means of a human mother. But He was undefiled with sin. No taint of sin entered His body. 
it says in the Scriptures that such a high priest was fitting for us, who is holy and harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and has become higher than the heavens. And now Mary moves more into what we might think of as general praise. From personal into general praise. Up at verse 50. His mercy is on those who fear Him. Now Mary was enjoying mercy. But she is ascribing praise to God that the same God is merciful to all people that fear Him. All those who have a holy reverence for His name. He shows mercy to thousands of those who love Him and keep His commandments. Many times people will want to know how, to, how they can know they're pleasing God. And that thought might go through our minds once in a while. Well, this is the way. Just have a holy reverential fear of Him. Take what He says seriously. Obey Him and enjoy His mercy resting on you personally. Jesus said it this way. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. And she said that mercy goes from generation to generation. That's the greatness of God's mercy. You see, His mercy not only extends to us, it extends to our children and their children after them. Long after you and I personally are at home with the Lord, His mercy is still going to be operating in the lives of those who come after us. Most anybody, if you talk to them long enough, and you get into some of the way they really think. One of the desires of the heart is going to be trying to spend time in, in, in something that remains after them. Building something that's going to have an influence after them. Trying to make a mark that they will be remembered by. Well, this is how Christians do it. We fear the Lord. And we can not only enjoy His mercy ourselves, but we can see that mercy and know it's going to continue from generation to generation. In Psalms 1.12 we read, Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in His commandments. His descendants will be mighty on earth and the generation of the upright will be blessed. So she praises God for His mercy. And then she praises God for His power. And I'm down to verse 51. He has shown strength, strength with His arm. That is God's power in action. That's God's power working in individuals' lives. God's mercy is toward those who fear Him and His power is beneficial to those who worship Him. He has shown strength with His arm. And the way that He's showing strength that Mary is talking about he is scattering the proud in the imagination of their hearts and putting down the mighty from the thrones and exalting the lowly. Exalting the lowly. Putting down the mighty and exalting the lowly. There were many mighty people around in the days of Mary. The Pharisees and the Sadducees were in control of the religious life of the day. And no doubt they expected the Messiah to come through them and be some sort of a physical deliverer from the tyranny of Rome. But even when the wise men came, and we know they were godly men, but they came to Jerusalem because that would be the natural place to look for a king. When they came to Jerusalem. But Jesus wasn't born in a palace. He was born in a manger. He was not born to rich parents. He was born to a humble carpenter and his wife. His birth was not announced to kings and queens, but the angels revealed that wonderful miracle to shepherds on the side of the hill. 
He has put down the mighty from the thrones and exalted the lowly. That's because God's thoughts are not like our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. And in verse 53, he praises God for His goodness. For His goodness. He has filled the hungry. He has filled the hungry with good things. You remember in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Those who are hungry for the Gospel will be filled. And then lastly, Mary praises God for His faithfulness. Not only His faithfulness in general, but faithfulness to His people. In verse 54, God has helped His servant Israel in remembrance of His mercy. His faithfulness operated because He remembered His mercy to His people. God is moving on the scene again and Mary is rejoicing. It had been 400 years since a prophet had spoken in the name of the Lord. Think of that. 400 years without a true spiritual sermon from the Lord. Back in Malachi's time. But now, He is helping His servant Israel in remembrance of His mercy. Now think about Israel. Did they deserve God's mercy? Well, no, but they had enjoyed the favor of God for hundreds of years, chosen by God, as she says, all the way back in Abraham. The nation had been built from Abraham's descendants, but time after time they had wandered away from God. Time after time, God had corrected them in love and judgment would be postponed. But finally, the idolatry got so bad that there was no remedy and so they were conquered. And then when God brought them back into the land of Palestine by the decree of Cyrus, many of the people still were insincere. That's why they were under the tyranny of Rome when Jesus was born. But lest we condemn them too harshly, are we worthy of the mercy of God? No. No more than they were. We sinned in Adam just like everybody else. We were born in sin and iniquity. Did our mothers bring us forth just like David? We were sinners by nature and sinners by choice. But one day, God moved in our lives. He sent His Spirit and regenerated these old dead hearts. And He sent a messenger to proclaim the good news of Jesus. And we responded to that call. Did we do it because we deserved it? No. Because He is a God of mercy. The greatest act of mercy the world has ever seen was God sending His Son into the world to save His people from their sins. And when you and I are saved, that's the greatest act of mercy that we will ever see in a personal way being applied to us. It's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us. Through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us abundantly through Jesus our Savior. You see, Jesus was and is a living demonstration of the mercy of God. He chose us and saved us because of His mercy. And even we here today who are Christians, when we slip up in sin or when we rebel in sin, there's still mercy available. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then she ends up with, 
He spoke to us, yes, he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. She's talking about that covenant way back before the Davidic covenant that I spoke of earlier. Talking about the Abrahamic covenant and how God made a covenant in agreement with Abraham and said, I'm going to bless you and the descendants that come after you and through you the entire world is going to be blessed. And you all the families of the world will be blessed. And that includes us. That includes us. So every bit of Mary's personal praise is applicable to us. Every bit of her general praise is more applicable to us. We enjoy His mercy every day. We're constantly protected by His power. We have our needs and many of our wants provided from His bounty. His faithfulness abides with us just as it does with every generation. And He is still always true to His Word and trustworthy in every way. So as we go through the remainder of this Christmas season and into the new year, I want to encourage us. Follow Mary's example. She modeled her prayer after the biblical example in 1 Samuel chapter 2. You might want to go back there and read Hannah's prayer. She modeled it that way. And we do well when we model our prayers after biblical ones also. And every part of her prayer, if you read through that Magnificat as we talk about it, every part of that points not to her, but to God. It points to God. She didn't dwell upon herself. Oh, she mentions a couple of things, but she didn't dwell there. She praised God and pointed to the One who is holy, who had done great things for her. And as I pointed out, especially in those earlier verses, she personalized her prayer. That's the way when we truly pray to our Father, it becomes a personal time of rejoicing and communion with our God. And our soul begins to exalt the name of our God. Our spirits rejoice in God our Savior. And all-powerful God is recognized as our personal God who only does great things, but He does great things for us and individuals, us that sit here today. So to really enjoy Christmas, be being filled with the Holy Spirit as Mary and Elizabeth were. Believe what God says. Rely upon His faithfulness. Rejoice in God and what He has done and is doing for us. Have a reverential fear of Him and enjoy His mercy and His spiritual sons and daughters of Abraham. Abraham, let us enjoy His blessings forever. Verse 45 again says, Blessed is she who believed, for there will be fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, what powerful verses these are. What a wonderful example this prayer in Mary's life is to us today. And as she did, may we as we live our lives exalt in God our Savior to praise Your wonderful name and to point others to You. And not only praise in general, but praise in personal ways because You know us as individuals. You call us into the kingdom of the Son of Your love one at a time. You write a name on our foreheads which is known only to us and to You. And we worship You. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Pat, for another wonderful message from God's Word. 
I hope that you have enjoyed listening to Pastor Pat's message. If this has been a blessing to you, please like and follow this podcast and give us some feedback. We'd love to hear from you. If you would like to support this ministry and the other ministry opportunities at Faith Community Fellowship, please visit our website, faith-cf.org support. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Community of Faith.